All right, good morning. How is everybody today? Good, good. I want to welcome uh, our LaGrange campus today. If you're worshiping with us in the city of LaGrange, we want to say welcome. I always want to say welcome, too, to those of you who are worshiping with us online. Last couple weeks, we've had over a couple hundred people each week worship with us online. So we're excited that you're joining us today. And can you welcome both of those folks with us today? Come on, Noonan. Let's do that today. So uh, today I'm excited because I feel like today's message just kind of fits in with where we are in the season of life, like where you are and where I am. I don't know about you, but um, we're in a series called What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do, and this is the perfect time to talk about what to do when you don't know what to do because it's the end of April and it's the first of May. And here's what that means for most of you in this room and most of you that are watching us today. You have children, you have responsibilities, you have kids, and it's usually at this point in the semester that you look at your spouse and say, I think we're going crazy, right? I think we're going crazy. Like, we got so much going on. Like, some of you in the next 28 days, you're going to go to more awards assemblies, you're, right? Can I say here, 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 amen? You're going to go watch more plays and more shows and more band concerts and more musicals, and some of you are shaking your head and you're saying, come, come Lord Jesus, you know, and you love all those things, but it just wears you out, doesn't it? And it's at this season of life, and, and, and I don't want to say this, but I want to say this as your pastor, I've, I've kind of tricked you a little bit. I've saved this series for this season, because it's at this season that most people get to a place when they say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I can only be in so many places at once. I can only think about so many things at once. Some of you are at a season of your life that you're thinking about the next season. It's like, oh my goodness, how am I going to make that change in my life? So this series, I think, is very, very important for us. So we're going to talk today about one of the things, I think this will probably be the most practical message out of the, the series that we're going to do, because it's one that we all deal with in our life. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to the book of Mark, chapter 3. Mark, chapter 3. As you turn it over there, I want to begin by telling you this. Life has boundaries. Life has boundaries. Whether you realize it or not, God only gave us 24 hours in a day. How many of y'all have figured that out yet? (laughs) I have tried to squeeze 28 hours of work into 24 hours. And I had an uh uh-oh moment because last night when I was driving home, we we were coming home late, and I told Tracy, I said, do you really realize we only have 16 hours in the day? And Tracy looks at me like, yeah, duh. There's only so much sunlight. And the truth is this, you know, you got, you got to sleep for four to six hours just to be able to survive. But God's only given us 24 hours in a day. He's only given us seven days in a week. I mean, think about it. God has only given us so many hours of sunlight. God has only given us so much of our lifespan. If you're the average person in here, you might live to the age of 77 to 80 years of age. And even though lifespans may be extending a little bit, not all of us are guaranteed that whole span. There's a a boundary there to our life. There's a boundary to seasons. I mean, I just want to say right now, this is peak allergy season. Let me tell you what I'm looking forward to in heaven. There will be no allergies in heaven. Can I get an amen? Right? I will not have to snort anything up my nose anymore. I won't have to get two injections in my arms. I won't have to pop some allergy pills. But I want to say this. It's a change of season. Seasons come to an end. Seasons begin. Gravity has boundaries. 
If you don't know that, just to let you have an insight about me, I've been trying for years to dunk on an 11-foot goal. I can't do it. The gravity is a boundary for me, right? And, and, and so what we do is we say, well, let's change gravity. And the truth is, I don't know if that's worked for you. It's never worked for me. Even water. You know, some of you love the boundary of water. In fact, you're going to spend a lot of your summer there. It's called the beach. And you say, thank goodness for boundaries, because without boundaries, we wouldn't have beaches. Can I get an amen? I think God loves the beach. Even air and water and gravity and seasons and lifespan, they all have boundaries. But think about this. God created a sense of order, and he created a sense of boundary for a reason. All the way back from Genesis 1-1, it says the way that God created the heavens and the earth, he created a boundary between them. He created a boundary between male and female. He created a boundary in a lot of things in the first couple days of creation. And then when he got to a certain point in his creation, he actually stopped and said, now I'm going to create a boundary called rest. And I'm actually going to stop for a day. I think it's amazing because many times we think of boundaries as limits, don't we? I mean, we live in a society where when we don't know what to do, we typically want to do more. I don't know about you. I'm kind of like a wide open go-getter. So when I don't know what to do in my life, I try to choose a lot of different things. I have the smorgasbord approach. I'm going to try this, 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 this. And the truth is I just come back and go, I still don't know what to do. I still don't know what to do. So all the way back from Genesis, God created boundaries, but he didn't create these boundaries to limit us. Now, here's what's crazy about that. If you go all the way back to Genesis, remember the boundary? The boundary was a garden. The boundary was God. And the boundary was male and female. And he said, hey, listen, I want you guys to live here, and I don't want you to feel limited. But all of a sudden, there's all these trees, and then there's a snake that comes into the garden. And instead of pointing to all the trees that they could have, he points at the what? He points at the boundary. And he says, if God really loved you, he wouldn't have put that boundary there. And he tricks them. I mean, isn't it funny how we think boundaries only serve to limit us? And many times our struggle is not so much the boundary itself, it's how we see the boundary in our life. I don't know about you, I've been at places where I wanted to move the boundaries. I've been on the the interstate before and I said, the boundary says 85 miles an hour, but I'm pretty sure I can do 100 the boundary says, hey, you can't stay up all night and work all day, but every now and then I like, hey, a couple Red Bulls and some Monster Energy drinks and we're going to have a good time. <laughs> some of you know what I'm talking about. But I just want to say this. We have boundaries and our struggle so much isn't with the boundary itself. It's how we relate to the boundary and our desire to want to change the boundaries that are natural in our life. So let me say this. God never gave us boundaries to limit us but to liberate us. God never gave us boundaries to limit us. He gives boundaries in our lives because he wants to liberate us. And I'm going to show you how today. I want to show you from Scripture how this works. So last week, we talked about how we have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. The first part of what to do when you don't know what to do is you discover the source and you resource the source because if God is your source, then you're always going to have supply. You're always going to have supply. But the next step that we've got to be mindful of if we are going to know what to do when we don't know what to do is this. We've got to manage 
our boundaries. Manage your boundaries. Everybody in life has limits. I know this shocks you. The person you're married to, they have limited capacity. Can I say here an amen? Yeah, I knew she had limited capacity. It takes her an hour to get her hair dressed in the morning, you know? The tri- no, 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 come on. You're going to be sleeping on the couch, brother. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. We all have limited capacity. And so managing your boundaries is one of the crucial steps we must take if we're going to know what to do when we don't know what to do. Mark chapter 3, starting with verse 13. Listen to this story. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted. Underline those words, he wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. And these are the 12 he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Bonerges, which means sons of thunder. Now listen, I played on a church softball team one time called the Sons of Thunder. We were bad to the bone. That's all I got to say about that. Verse 18, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. And then look at verse 20. Then Jesus entered a house and again gathered a crowd so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. And when he, or when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. Now, some of you, you relate to that because your family thinks you're out of your mind. Can I get an amen? Sometimes your family goes, you're out of your mind. Now, here's the part of the story I want you to get. Jesus comes to a place in his ministry where he calls these 12 guys into his life. And it says in the very first part of verse 3, he called to those he wanted and they came to him. You see, Jesus called to himself those he desired. Jesus tells us something here. Jesus was going to decide for himself who or what had access to his life. Jesus. I love this because Jesus was fully God and yet he's fully man. And in this moment, he says, I'm going to call these 12 to go up on this mountainside with me. There were crowds, there were lots of people, but Jesus kind of knew something. If I don't take charge of the limits in my life, then I may screw some things up. And he calls those he wanted. You see, a major key to knowing what to do when you don't know what to do is to learn to manage your boundaries in life. It's a big part of life. It gets even crazier because in Mark chapter 9, verse 2, he calls the 12, but then this moment happens in Scripture. We know about it. Mark 9, verse 2, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up to a high mountain where they were all alone. And there he was transfigured before them. So he calls 12. He didn't call 20,000. He called 12. He kind of set this boundary. And then he calls three. And he says, hey, guys, I want you to come up here. And while he's up there, all of a sudden they see Elijah and Moses, and, and he's transfigured before them. They see his heavenly state. And, and, and I'm pretty sure that probably the disciples who were kind of down off the mountain Maybe they were down there driving out demons, or maybe they were dealing with some stuff. Maybe they were taking care of some business. (laughs) And these three come off the mountain and say, hey, man, you'll never guess what we just got to do with Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the other disciples may have felt a little bit left out? I'm probably sure they did. 
I'm probably sure some of them said, hey, I want that type of access to Jesus. But what Jesus was trying to show us is this. Every one of us in life, we have boundaries and we have priorities. And it's not the boundary that's bad. It's how we purposefully live in that boundary that makes it good. See, Jesus lived with purposeful boundaries in his life. He knew that if he didn't, maybe he couldn't operate to the fullness of the way God had designed him to live. So I want to go back to this thought. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, let me say this. Don't make the decision to do everything. Make the decision to do the most important things. Let me say it to you this way. I know this sounds weird to say on a Sunday morning. I want you to go to the end of your life. And I want you to pretend that you are literally maybe in a casket in front of the people that you love. And they're going to come by and they're going to look at you and they're going to thank you for something you did in your life. What do you want them to thank you for? Let that be your boundary. Who do you want around you at the end of your life? Make them your priority. Jesus taught us what it meant to have these boundaries. You see, here's what I've learned in my life. If I want to live long and prosper, I got to have boundaries. I just do. Like I can't stay up all night and blame it on someone else why I got to stay up all night. I can't live in this sense that somehow someone else, if they don't do something right for me, that I'm not right. We're going to talk about later in a relationship series I'm going to do, but the truth is this. God wants us to live in boundaries because he wants us to learn to be liberated, not limited. And I want to talk about that today because there's a couple things. If we're going to live in these boundaries that even Jesus began to show us here, we got to understand some things about what is a boundary. So if you have a pen, I want you to write this down. A boundary is a limit that protects your priorities. That's all a boundary is. A boundary is a limit that protects your priorities. What is most important to you? You know, in Acts chapter 6, we kind of get a picture of this. If you turn over there real quick, Acts 6, starting in verse 2, there's a story about some widows who were being marginalized in the early church because of their race. And the apostles come in and they make a very critical decision about some boundaries within their life. Acts 6, starting with verse 2. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, It is not right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Now here's what they weren't saying. They weren't saying, My job is more important than your job. What they're saying is, God has called me to be somebody and do something, and if I don't have the appropriate boundaries, I can't be all that God has called me to be. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. Verse 3. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you, whom you uh, who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word of God. Here's what the apostles were showing us. They had priorities to steward in their life. And so do you. And so do I. They had priorities in their life that they had to steward, and, and so they had to put some boundaries in their life to protect those priorities. And guess what? You and I have to do the same thing. You see, the day that you and I made the decision or desired to want to become a parent, there were some new boundaries driven into our life. 
there were some new things that we had to think about, right? Some of you are shaking your head as parents like, yes, I had to think about throwing up and poopy diapers. That was a boundary, right? We have to think about these things because they're true in our lives, but boundaries aren't meant to put others out. Boundaries are meant to keep our priorities in. So first of all, a boundary is a limit that protects my priorities. Now, what priorities am I talking about? Well, let me, let me show this to you today. You see, life is a series of concentric circles. It's a series of concentric circles. I want you to see this graph on the screen. This is your life. Whether you realize it or not, this concentric circle, the, the closer you get to the center, I want you to notice that there's less room. There's less access. I mean, at the very center, there's self and Jesus, right? It's you and Jesus fitting in that center of that circle. And then you kind of move out and you say family. Well, let's just, let's just talk about number two real quick. That's you and your spouse, right? But let me ask you a question. What if you got married, but you left your mother-in-law in that circle? Oh, no, he's up in our business now. I love you, but there probably isn't enough room for access for you, your spouse, and your mother-in-law to be in that ring. There's got to be like me and Jesus, me, and then you start moving out. But the truth is this. The closer you get to the center, the less access there is. Why? Because that's the boundary that God created us with. It's the closer you get in, not everyone has the same amount of access. And in the center, it's most important that you understand that's the room for you and Jesus. Next to that, there's probably, think about it, your friends, your relatives. When you get to the friends level, there's probably three to five, ten people in your life that you really connect with. And then there's these people that are neighbors and associates. And, and then there's kind of acquaintances like, hey, I saw their, their Facebook profile. I know who they are, but I don't really know them. And, and then there's just the person out here who you see on the highway and, and, and you lovingly wave at them as they cut you off in traffic. Um, but let me say this, you would never give a stranger, and I hope you wouldn't do this, more access to your life than you would your family. Life is a concentric circle. It's a concentric circle, and much of life, whether we realize it or not, comes down to two things, managing relationships and resources, right? R relationships and resources. So how we manage those things are so important. The problem and the struggle is this. People will always feel naturally entitled to your boundaries. See, I'm looking at some of you, talking to some of you today. You've had people in your life who invaded your boundary at a level they weren't supposed to. They said, hey, when I text you, you should text me back immediately. And if you don't, you're not my friend. <laughs> the only problem is, you're with your family, right? You're out here like loving your kids and you're just trying to stay in love with Jesus. And then and technology is one of the toughest ones because it seems to invade our life a lot, right? Sometimes I feel really exposed. And I'm just like, I, I, I can't answer a, a text, a Facebook message, a Twitter, DM. Uh, I don't know what's coming at me sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> but the truth is this, you have the same struggle that I have. Sometimes you have family members and they want to set the boundaries for you. They, they say, you know what? I'm entitled to decide what access I have in your life. 
So the question you've got to ask is this. Who is managing your priorities in your life? Who? You say, well, I've pretty much delegated that to somebody else. Don't do that. That's the seed of codependency. That somebody else's job is to manage my life. Jesus took the responsibility himself to set the boundaries in his life so that he could be all that God intended for him to be. So some people, and I know this, some people say, you know what? I just want to love everyone and I want to live without boundaries. Have you ever tried to do that for a season? I'm just going to, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus didn't have any boundaries. He just walked around and just loved everybody. No, he didn't. Look at the scriptures. There were times he went to a quiet place by himself just to be with him and the Father. There were times he was with three. There was times he was with 12. There was times he went on a mountainside with just the people who could hear him where he would give a sermon on the mount. To say, you know, it's loving to live without boundaries, it's really not because really what you might be saying is you just struggle to say no. Maybe it's fear of man. Maybe you're afraid to tell people no because if you tell them no, maybe they'll reject you. I went through a big season of that in my life, and I'm going to talk about that more in just a minute, but that's a tough thing. It sounds loving. It sounds like, man, I'm I'm really loving people if I live without boundaries in my life because everyone's going to make demands on us. And it might even feel like compassion, but the thing you got to remember is this. For every yes you say in your life, you say no to something else. And guess what? You still have the same number of hours I have and the same amount of days in a week. Every time you say yes to something, you may be saying something no to something greater. You got to be careful. And the good thing that I love about God is he's given you and I the ability to manage these boundaries. But let's be honest, okay? Because I'm going to boil the water out of the pot here real quick. We have a fear of missing out, don't we? Somebody has a party, someone has a gathering, and we go, man, I I wasn't there. I I feel like I don't know what my place is because I have a fear of missing out. I I guarantee if you you polled most people and said, do you fear about missing out? Many of us that are my age would say, no, I don't really care. (laughs) But probably if you're under the age of 30, you probably live and die by something happened and I wasn't there and someone else talked about it and I didn't get to experience it. And so there's this thought that somehow I need to be in the inner ring. C.S. Lewis put it this way. There's a deep need to be in the inner ring. There's a deep need to be in the inner ring. And there's something powerful in our life about being in that inner ring. And there's something really problematic when we don't feel like we're not. I, I want to tell it to you this way. When I was, uh, when I was just starting in, in student ministry, I had my first full-time position at a church in Arkansas, and I was brought on in a position that they had never had before. I had a really amazing title. I was the associate student pastor, which is like the starter kit for ministry, right? That's, like, that's what they were saying to me. And I, I remember walking down the halls, and people go, what does the word associate mean? Like, are you associated with somebody, you know? And, and, and I'd like, I, I remember I walked in, I was like, where's my office going to be? <laughs> I had an electrical closet for an office. To this day, I still hear this sound, because hmm, it happened all day long. And I wanted a name on my door. 
And I wanted to just say, associate student pastor. Man, I was, and, and here's what I wanted more than that. I wanted to go to the meetings that all the big boys went to. Because I knew that every day there were certain meetings that were happening among staff. And so there would be these staff meetings and I would be like, oh, I hope I get to go to that meeting. I'll never forget. It took about three months. And, and finally I got the call. You know what the call is? Hey, we need you to come to this meeting. And I like hung up the phone. I was like, yeah, I'm going to the meeting. And I walk in the meeting and I sat down. And then I realized there were other meetings that were happening that were different than that meeting. And I was like, somehow I got to get into that meeting because if I'm in that meeting, that means I'm connected. And, and I did this with people. I would invade people's boundaries all the time. I would walk up to my pastor and I'd be like, I just need 10 minutes of your time. <laughs> and you know what I failed to realize? He had boundaries in his life he was trying to manage too. He had two young boys a wife who was recovering from cancer. But you know what? I didn't understand. What drove me was the need to be included, and I failed to realize that other people had limited capacity just like I have limited capacity. So I, I want to say this to you today. It's not anyone's job to provide you with an inner ring. You know why? Because Jesus has given you your own. It's very freeing when you hear those words. I don't have to invade anyone else's inner ring because Jesus has given me my own inner ring. Think about that circle real quick. Go back to that graphic and look. He's given me these boundaries and these things and these allotments in my life to manage. And that boundary is not to limit me. It's really to liberate me. God's given me my own center ring. Jesus, he brought us in through the cross. I want to say this to you. I just feel like someone needs to hear this today. You don't have to violate someone else's boundaries to be established. You are already established because of Christ in you. And then you get the blessed thing that we all get in this life. We get the opportunity to invite others into our life. In fact, let me say this. The better you get it, Managing the boundaries and priorities in their life, the better you get of inviting people into your life. Why? Because you make margin for them. Relationships and resources, two of the most important things that we get to manage in our life. So a boundary not only helps me protect my priorities, number two, a boundary helps us to find access to our resources. It helps us to find access to our resources. See, everyone in here has limited access to your resources. Let's talk about your time for a second. What would happen if you gave everyone in your life the same time that your family needs? Your family would get neglected. What if you chose to give your kids more time than you gave your spouse? What would happen if you'd say, you know what, I'm just going to work 10 hours longer and somewhere later in my kid's life, I'll try to make it up. I mean, I, I know from being in student ministry, I used to read the statistics every year. The average father, the amount of time they come home and spend with their child at night is challenging. It's difficult. Why? Because there's all this pressure. And the thought is that somehow I need to give everybody equal access to my resources. And the truth is you don't. What about your possessions? What about your stuff? It sounds good. And let me just say this. If you have a boat and you want to loan it to me for a weekend... I'll take that. That'd be great. I'll take you out 
We'll go have some ski time. It'll be amazing. I'll even pray for you while we're out there. (laughs) But the truth is this. We can't give everyone equal access to our resources. I heard this quote years ago, and it just really resonated with me. If you're going to be a good farmer, the first thing you have to identify is what is the boundary around your field. If you're going to be a good farmer, the first boundary you have to identify is what is the boundary around my field? Why? Because I want to produce a harvest. That's the resources I have, my time, my talent, my treasures. Every one of you in this room, you have a resource of influence. How are you managing the resource of your influence as a parent, as a community leader? Because not everyone has equal access to your resources. And a lack of boundaries, whether you realize it or not, will really just limit your ability to be liberated in your priorities. So you got to get it right. We have to get it right in our life. The thing I love about it is when I know where my boundaries are, you know what it really frees me up to do? It frees me up to say no, and it frees me up to say yes. This is what I want in my life. This is what I think God has called me to in my life. You know the next thing about boundaries? Boundaries help us decide your level of vulnerability. Boundaries help decide your level of vulnerability. In life, there's a measure of vulnerability. We all need to be vulnerable in relationships. But how many of you want your spouse to be as vulnerable with the coworker as they are with you? Oh, no, no, you better not, right? That could be problematic. But the truth is, you've got to even be careful because you've got to know the boundaries of vulnerability. Not everyone deserves equal access to your vulnerability. I heard it said to me about 10 years ago this way, not every voice deserves equal volume in your life. Not every voice deserves equal volume. And let me say this, the best voice you need in your life every day is the voice of God, amen? You need God's voice. I don't know about you, we will do a lot better in our life if we'll just turn up the volume of God's voice and let it drown out maybe some of the outer, 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 outer voices in our life and get so attuned to hearing God speak that when God speaks, it says that voice was louder. I'm gonna just do what God said to do. I'm gonna live with hearing God's voice because not every voice is meant to have equal volume in our life. The other thing about boundaries is this. Boundaries are an expression of self-control. Let me say that again because some of you maybe didn't hear what I said. Boundaries are an expression of self-control. I said this last week, I wanna build on it. God doesn't wanna control you. If you know Jesus, Jesus saved you, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and he's given you this amazing ability, a fruit of the Spirit called self-control. He's given you and I the ability to manage the priorities and the things in our life that are important. Boundaries are an expression of self-control. You see, some people draw boundaries in their life to manipulate or control others. And they say, I'm going to put this boundary around me because I don't want you inside of here. But that's not how God thinks about boundaries. He says, I, I want you to create boundaries because I want you to be able to go in. Put, put that, that screen back up if you would. I want you to, that, that concentric circle. I want you to be able to go in and out of these relationships at all times. I've given you self-control to manage your life. And through the Holy Spirit, imagine how amazing that can become. Imagine how transformative that can become to the people around us 
When we start seeing boundaries as a form of self-control that I can express this and, and have the ability to go back in. I, I know because I've been in enough relationships in my life with people, 29 years of ministry, that sometimes people draw boundaries because they really want offense, because they have an offense. And God doesn't want us to live that way. He didn't want you to live that way. He wants to free us of that. So boundaries, they're this wonderful way of having self-control in our life. See, here, here's the way I think about it. Boundaries are not my way of trying to control you. They are my way of managing me. What if you saw the boundaries in your life that way? Boundaries are in my life not so I can control you. Boundaries are in my life so I can learn to manage me. Because at the end of my life, I want people to walk by my casket and thank me for the things that mattered most. And you do too. They're not a way of controlling people. They're a way of managing self in our life. And the beautiful thing is Jesus, he, he really was our example. He knew who he was. He knew who the Father was. He knew why he was here. And he gives us the example. And look what it did. It liberated Jesus to go all the way to the cross. It liberated Jesus to do exactly what the Father wanted him to do. You say, well, Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man. When he wrapped himself in human clothes, he chose to live by the same boundaries you and I live by today, 24 hours a day. In fact, he told his disciples, the reason I want to go away is so that I won't have to be present in just one place. I can be in you and I can be everywhere. But yet he knew who he was and he walked in it. You see, when I manage my boundaries and relationships and opportunities and decisions and activities, really what I'm choosing to do is decide what I want to keep out of my life because there's things I want to keep in my life. I don't know about you, I want to keep joy in my life. So I have to have this measure of boundary that I'm not going to let negativity come into my life and, and control my life because there's, the boundary isn't to keep you out, it's to keep things in. It's to manage me in a relationship. But I want to tell you this. The best boundary that God already established was that 2,000 years ago, he sent his son to die on a cross so that you and I could always know that we have room in the inner circle. We have room. Some of you say, I I've never felt apart. I've never felt like I'm... Listen, God proved it through the cross of Christ. He's created your own inner circle so that you don't have to go to other people and say, who am I? What am I? I want you to define my boundaries. I want you to tell me what's important. No, listen, Jesus looked at us on the cross and he said, you're important. The best part of this message is to realize Jesus has called you to himself. And he wants you to know you're in a circle. And then from that circle, be able to manage your life in such a way that you can go in and out and you can have impact on other people and your relationships can matter. And the boundaries never a limit that keeps me out of what I can't do. It's really just a priority that keeps me in what I should do. Let's pray together.